Hey listener, welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. Hope you survived the experience. The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your hosts, Uncanny Thomas Logue and Mighty Michael Moran. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Comic Relief Podcast. I am your host, Michael Moreno, and with me as always is my life coach and podcast partner in crime, Thomas Logue. How are you doing, Thomas? Hey, I'm doing good, doing good. Finally doing another good, podcast. Man. I know, back in, back in the studio, back in the studio. It's been a while. Feels good. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. A lot has happened, man. We have we've had a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in the comic world, in the TV world, uh, in the movie world. So let's just go ahead and just jump right into this, right? Let's do it. The biggest hype for us uh, easily is the new Guardians of the Galaxy two teaser dropping, right? Obviously, yes. yes. So <laughs> let's talk about this, man. Dude, I, I, I can't get enough. I've probably watched it uh, probably like 20 times so far. It's so perfect. I mean, the scenes, it, 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 it's its a little tiny little snippet, right? All we get is basically just like a like a couple of quick flashes, some cool scenes, and it's just friggin' awesome. Yondu and, uh, and, and Rocket walking Rocket. down the, yeah, <laughs> walking down that little, uh, that little, you know, uh, what's it called? The catwalk. Yeah, just catwalk. that there you go. scene is awesome. I like that it shows it from behind them and then woof, goes to the front of them freaking awesome yes yeah and, and i don't know what it is about chris pratt uh you know as peter quill in this but he just looks like like i don't know how they did it but they cranked up like the handsomeness on him like by 10 yeah he looks great yeah and that's the thing that bothers me right because the dude was like a heavy set guy kind of like me yeah. <laughs> and then he goes into guardians of the galaxy and he looks really stunning like really super hot guy where i'm like hey there's hope for us and then freaking in guardians of the galaxy 2 i don't know how to explain it but the dude freaking somehow got hotter right <laughs> They gave they gave him like a nice little like a clean goatee and then some nice long chops and then like let his hair grow out a little bit so he's got a little bit of a wave going on and yeah dude we're just going full gay on yeah 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 pretty nice. much like he has that longer sideburn and instead of like the five o'clock shadow he's got like a nice clean goatee so so instead of talking about right now <laughs> instead of talking about the action and we stop to talk about Chris Pratt. <laughs> How, how hot Chris Pratt is. Well, we'll probably pull in a new audience with our discussion. <laughs> yeah. So aside from all the cool scenes of like Gamora extending her blade and and then she's like in this cool spaceship type scene, looks awesome. Uh, Rocket looks awesome. The scene with Peter Quill and uh, Drax uh, is really funny. There are two types of beings in the universe. Those who dance and those who do not. I get it, yes. I am a dancer, Gamora is not. You just need to find a woman who is pathetic. Like you. Thanks, buddy. Do you need a hug? No, no, I do not. Oh, I thought I said no. You're welcome. The dynamic has changed a little bit, right? Because we see, of course, we see Rocket and Yondu kind of walking side by side. And then if you notice in the very final scene when Rocket's blasting the hole through that wall, right. uh, little baby Groot is on his shoulder and he's wearing a he's wearing a jacket. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like the Ravager jacket. It's it that, looks like the like Ravager jacket. Deep red. So, and, and, then, and then on top of that, right, they, they, they released this awesome teaser poster where it's like this really cool uh, black and white poster of the team leaned up against the wall it looks like an album cover to be right. honest with you it does and yondu's in the mix yeah yondu is right there as if he were uh part of the uh the guardians and not only that but uh nebula also yeah. in the mix yes so this sounds like they're going to be shaking things up a little bit yeah i like that they kept nebula in it oh yeah totally happy and then that, we, we didn't see any uh, Sylvester Stallone or um, Kurt Russell. So no Sly Stallone, no Kurt Russell. Uh, we don't see any new characters. Which, which granted, this that's fine. This is a, um, teaser. a teaser trailer. So yeah, it's just they're just giving you a little a little taste, a little taste. But Yondu looks awesome. Uh, the rest of the guys look awesome. I mean, I would be totally on board if Yondu just became a full on cast member. 
right? Like he's a, he's a guardian. That I'd I'll be happy with that. Me too, because in the original Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, in the comic, um, the original the very team, first one, yeah, Yondu yeah. was actually a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like that they they increased his mohawk too. Oh yeah, yeah. He, oh, he yeah. looks. I think he is probably aside from uh, Chris Pratt's like handsomeness, how they cranked his handsomeness up to eleven. I think Michael Rooker's Yondu looks like awesome. Yeah, awesome. They cranked him up. Hey, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, Baby Groot is. I wonder if he's going to stay uh, Baby Groot throughout the entire movie. movie. If he does, is Vin Diesel still voicing Baby yeah, Groot? Yeah, we were talking about that. Like, I wonder if they'll have Vin Diesel do the voice, but then do something with the pitch. You know what I mean? To still have it be yeah. Vin's voice, so it still kind of sounds like Groot should sound, yeah, but and then, then change the modify the pitch. I am Groot. And then still get paid millions of dollars. Some... You might know something I don't know or that I don't remember. You'd mentioned no no hint of Sylvester Stallone. I did not know he was slated for the movie. I know Kurt Russell is. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was, uh, I think he was confirmed. They put those two together again, like Tango and Cash? Like Tango and Cash. Like if they do, I want to hear them say FUBAR. Like I you want what? somewhere in Guardians of the Galaxy to say this situation is FUBAR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, if you have not seen the teaser trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I, I honestly don't know how you could have missed it. It was all over the internet. It's been all over the internet for the last few days. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 comes out May 5th of next year, 2017. Uh, I think we're going to start waiting in line for it uh, this weekend. I'm ready right now. I am podcasting <laughs> from the movie theater. <laughs> I just scribbled up a sign that says Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and I'm just going to wait here. Quit my job. This is it. I've already got just the big beard, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, not, not to be outdone here, we have some more. Uh, we have another trailer that just dropped. Actually, this one dropped as of the recording. It dropped today as we're hey. recording this. And that is for. Logan. Yes. AKA the Wolverine 3. Yes. So this trailer looks really good. And, and I really love the uh, write up you did on the page where you. You mentioned, uh, will the trailer be, or will the movie be as good as the trailer? That was, that's kind of clever. <laughs> that was well, I mean, it's because historically, with not just Wolverine, but the X-Men movies, I've always been disappointed. And it's mostly because the X-Men were the iconic comics to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Spider-Man and Superman and Batman, they were not my iconic superheroes when I got into comics. It was all X-Men. That's, was, that's literally all I surrounded myself with. So I admit there's probably a higher expectation of what I hope to see. But even when I go in, like, lowering my expectation, I'm still somehow usually disappointed. Yeah, the X-Men movies are graded on a on a different scale. Then, yes. On a different scale. They have, they have a different range. Like, the Marvel movies are just, they're in a league of their own. They're, they're, they're doing their own thing. They're amazing. The Marvel Studios movies, to be clear. Uh, the Fox Studios is... You know, they kicked it up with Deadpool. Deadpool was yeah, their first ace, right? That was their yeah. first movie that just destroyed it. Um, the other good movies are a little dated, right? X2 was kind of kind of held that spot while uh, Age of Apocalypse was cool. Yeah. Not, was, not the greatest yeah. comic book movie, but it was good. Yeah. The Wolverine movies are not in the uh, top anything categories, either yeah. one of those two. But we're not here to talk about the first two Wolverine movies. Let's talk about this trailer, right? What rough the bat, what what, what hooked you into this trailer? So immediately, uh, it's obvious, right? It opens up with that Johnny Cash song. Well, it's a cover, yeah. Hurt. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel immediately you're already like whoa you know, this is kind of dark and then the the trailer's dark it's like it looks emotionally dark like oh you know Wolverine's old his hands are shaking you know he's 
bleeding. Everyone looks old. Everyone looks like beat up. This feels like a really, I don't want to say depressing, like it's going to be horribly sad, but it looks like it's going to be a very dark, emotional movie in a good way, in a good way. That that song just adds to that trailer. Yes, it does. I, I do like the tone that the uh, the song sets. It, it, now, here's the thing is initially when I saw it, I'm thinking Old Man Logan. I'm thinking this movie is set way into the future. Uh, but you saw something different. Yeah, I saw something. I saw something very different. And I based it off the information I was given off this trailer. So in the trailer, we see Wolverine is old, right? He, his hair's gray. His skin is old. He's talking or, you know, he's doing a voiceover over the trailer. And you hear Professor X say, Logan, what did you do? And then, you know, he says something like, Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. And to me, knowing that, you know, we see Professor X in the trailer, he's old also, you know, they like even aged him and gave him like a beard a little bit. So to me, that meant this wasn't a movie far in the future, like very far in the future, because Professor X is still alive. I mean, he still looks relatively almost the same age, maybe aged like 10 years since we last saw him. So to me, with what Wolverine said and the clues I picked up, to me, it sounds like when Wolverine is indicating that Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. Just exactly that. Not that they're all dead. Not that they've all been wiped out. Not that this is like 50 years in the future because Professor X is still around. But something has happened to those with mutant abilities like and it looks like including him i think something happened to wolverine's mutant powers as well this is why he's aging because now his mutant healing factor is no longer slowing down his aging process and that's why i think when they show his hands in the sink his hands are cut up to me that's another sign his healing factor is not healing so it looks like he's popping his claws and it's ripping up his skin and it's no longer healing him so that's what I think. I think the there's no more mutants is an indication that the people are still there. They've just lost their power somehow. So then this is a continuation of the X-Men movie timeline that takes place after Days of Future Past when Wolverine goes back to the mansion and he sees the professor, he sees Scott, he sees uh, Aurora. Still in this timeline for the Logan movie is what you're saying. See, unfortunately, with the Wolverine and X-Men movie, They've not done a clear job of keeping a clear timeline, right? Following your logic, that, that would make sense, right? Because Patrick Stewart is is our professor in this. Yep. Would make sense to kind of wrap up that continuity. This yeah. is kind of like, we're just wrapping up this continuity. We kind of talked uh, at work about his claws because I said, well, if he doesn't have his powers, how do his claws pop? You made a good point that his claws are more anatomy than right. they are mutant powers at this point. So like if you had, uh, you know, an angel uh, uh a warren worthington in this timeline uh which we did we did an x3 uh he wouldn't even if you depowered angel he would probably keep his wings because they're a physical mutation they're not yeah. actually like a like a embedded superpower like an optic blast or a healing factor you know as as if warren was part bird or wolverine was part whatever animal extends claws like a cat yeah, that makes sense okay yeah yeah i could be okay. completely wrong though I, I totally missed that. I totally went the old man Logan route. And then we have, of course, uh, X-23. We see a, a young X-23 in the trailer. It looks like that's who uh, Logan is protecting and trying to guide through. Pretty cool. We also get uh, Reavers. Yes. So, you know, it, it's so funny, man, because as much as we, you know, we dog on on these movies, it's like a double-edged sword, right? They've given us now the Sentinels, the Hellfire Club. I, I wouldn't say obscure, but... Right. The things that we want. The things that we wanted. Yeah, we've got an yeah. apocalypse. I'm a little hesitant uh, to get too excited about the Reavers. I was telling you at work, I'm pretty sure that blonde dude who puts on the sunglasses and has a cybernetic arm, I'm pretty sure that's Donald Pierce, who was from the Hellfire Club originally in the comics and would go on to lead the Reavers. But it looks to me like the Reavers in the movie are just dudes in, in a truck. When I was looking at it, I was trying to see if there was any dudes that were like part machine other than, you know, Donald Pierce's arm. And they all just look like dudes with guns that are driving those trucks. And I was like, okay, so that's probably going to be the Reavers. It's just like a bunch of 
like thugs basically yeah so instead of like like having like a bone breaker and lady death strike but i would like it if they had bone breaker and he was half tank <laughs> that'd yeah, be pretty exactly. cool if that is indeed donald pierce who is there and they use him correctly that's fine i don't care what you do with the reavers just make donald pierce a bad that's all I ask. Like Sebastian Shaw? Yeah, that's make him better than Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> I'm still really, really angry. <laughs> Dude, I, I know we get I know we get down on the X movies and Fox Studios a lot, but uh, this trailer looks pretty cool. Yes. Um, I'm excited, and that's uh, that's a dangerous thing. Oh, right, this movie is going to be rated R. Thanks to Deadpool, uh, Logan will be rated R, and hopefully they actually do something with it, and it's not just a gimmick. Hopefully they let the Berserker Rage come out like in true form, and we actually see him. Uh, you know, we actually see Logan really get down and, and tear some dudes up. So that's what worries me, right? So we know this movie's rated R. We know it's probably going to sort of follow the path of Deadpool, maybe have that ultra-violent stuff, but they've made Wolf old potentially without a healing factor if what i'm pulling away from the trailer is correct do not give me the chance to see wolverine go berserk and not do it because he doesn't have a healing factor like in uh the wolverine where i totally thought he was gonna go crazy because all those ninjas were throwing those spears with ropes on him and i thought he's just gonna <laughs> pull him down and just go berserk a rage on him and then he just falls over in the snow he gets taken and down. i was like <laughs> what are you doing yeah like, it was it was like the moment like here we go this this is the moment we've all been waiting for and he just falls over yeah they should have shown hugh jackman's eyes just go red yeah and him just go to town just like just go like with a red black and white color palette for the entire scene and just yeah. have him like go nuts that would have been perfect but, how they say animals see in black and white so you just yeah. have everything in black and white except for the blood you know what i mean yeah that uh, that's they, freaking they brilliant. set it up for that but anyways, we see this all the time we need to be doing these movies it's fine what you filmed here let me show you what you need to fix <laughs> at least consult let yeah. us like be consultants give me my little chair that says thomas on the back and i'll sit there <laughs> so i'm hoping we get to see wolverine go berserker and i i hope that this is why it's rated r and i hope that they don't slow him down because he doesn't have a healing factor okay so check this out I, I i did i did find a synopsis and it says in 2024 mutant births are severely in decline and people aren't sure why oh. a government type operation is turning mutant children into killing machines from this logan emerges as a mentor to a mutant girl who has two claws instead of three look at that so the uh uh logan comes out march 3rd 2017 so circle that on your calendar during our little uh hiatus we got a new netflix series yes luke cage the power man all right man what did you think so when i when i first watched it right i i got through the first six episodes right and when I had reached the sixth episode, I was like, this is rough. Like, I don't know if I can make it. It's, to me, the pacing was off, right? So usually when when we've seen uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, or any any other freaking uh, Netflix movie like Stranger Things, whatever, always ended on a cliffhanger, yeah. right? Like, you, it stops and you're like, I can't go to bed. It's three in the morning, but I have to watch the next episode. The first six episodes of Luke Cage, for me anyway, the pacing seemed very off. There were times... Okay, well, first, anyone listening, spoilers ahead. So if you've not watched Luke Cage, oh, yes. stop. Yes. I'm about to spoil something as an example. So, you know, in the first six episodes, there was a lot of times where something really dramatic would happen where I where I would, in my head, say, this is it. Like, this is where they're going to stop and make me watch the next one. But then it would just keep going and do something else and break that, that high-end pace I was feeling. Like, my heart's, like, pounding in my chest. And then they go do something that's a lot slower. For example, when, when Black Mariah pummels the out of her brother and just boom smashes his face and like brutally yeah. it's not even just a little bit it is brutal and it's bloody and it's blah his face is just caved in right so we see shades in the background that watches this and she's just boom 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 and i thought okay this is where like it's going to fade out and it's going to stop there and it's going to make me watch the next one. But it didn't. It fades out and then it goes to Misty Knight who's looking at photos and she's like trying to piece something together and I was like, that was weird. Like I was super amped up and now you've just slowed me down. But <laughs> after the sixth episode, everything was paced perfect. I was in it after the sixth episode. And the thing is, the first six episodes aren't bad. It's just I felt like the pacing was off. The characters are amazing. I'm usually really sensitive to pacing. Like if something is paced wrong or incorrectly or just has a weird pace, like I'm hypersensitive to it. I, I notice it. And 
I didn't get that from this. The the scene that you described or the one that you mentioned where um, Black Brown. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to remember the the actresses. Al- Alfred Woodard, right? Okay. She's uh she plays Black Mariah, and then uh, uh, Marshall Ali plays uh, Cottonmouth. Okay, Netflix is known for their great yes. villains. They do villains right, and uh, the Cottonmouth is no exception. And the entire you know the first half of the show, I'm waiting for Cottonmouth to really have his this dude is completely nuts moment, right? Or or that that breakout scene, and he has a couple of good scenes, and that scene that you mentioned was such a cool turn of events because it turns out oh he's not the messed up one i mean he is he is, he is obviously but she's but black worse. mariah is way more messed up and, and, yeah. and like the other like the other uh you know like daredevil and uh jessica jones these villains aren't just messed up to be messed up these dudes are psychologically up by certain childhood events, events yes. that make them who they are now, and and Black Mariah, you know, she 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 kind of shook it off and uh, dealt with it, and Shades stepped in and said, "All right, uh, you did, you know." Again, Shades was kind of pushing her to do it a little bit to kind yeah. of get rid of a uh, Cottonmouth, and he did, and she did, and it was like, okay, wow, that, that, that was really good. We've seen some like uh, some hesitant superheroes, you know, in, in other stories and stuff, but he plays an uh, every man just perfect he does yeah. not want to do this he has no interest in, in in being a superhero and they did such such a good job doing little references and nods to the comic like oh, yeah. when he had the the metal wristbands and the headpiece a nod to the comic he put on the yellow shirt a nod to the comic i mean there was a ton of little nods i don't i can't even count how many times he said sweet christmas and it made me laugh <laughs> every time yeah, i i didn't necessarily uh, read Luke Cage growing up or was never a huge fan of Heroes for Hire or anything like that. But, you know, you go, you watch those videos with all the Easter eggs and there is there is a ton of Easter yeah. eggs to the comic. Uh, Chio Hodari Coker, amazing job. Yep. Amazing job. Dude did his homework. Let's talk about uh, Misty Knight, Simone Missick. She was awesome, man. I think she, she stole the show a little bit from Luke Cage. Do you think so? I think so. I think her, her story was was really well written when Luke Cage wasn't on scene. I, I think she's the perfect co-star. If, for example, in Daredevil, when you see Karen Page on screen or when you see um, Foggy, Foggy, you're not like, ugh, get it over with, get back to Matt Murdock. You're really interested in what's going on in their story. And I felt the same way with uh, with Misty Knight. I, I liked her story with the whole thing with her partner and um, her partner being crooked and everything. Like I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean they do a great job with like the supporting cast you know with, like you said with Misty Knight Foggy uh, uh, yeah everyone I didn't, but you said she kind of stole the show from Luke Cage to me so I loved her story with her partner I had a feeling something was up you know what I mean because you know yeah. she was too good and I was like something has to happen to her that's gonna mess her up and it has to be her partner cop movie 101 but I like that Misty kind of like you know she was like no that was my partner I know he was crooked and I know he was messed up, but I, she still learned a lot from him, and and you know that was that was his, that was her boy. So there was one thing that did kind of bum me out, and I, I knew I was my expectations were a little uh, misplaced. But when uh, Misty Knight is like a jacked up arm, right, and Claire uh, Temple is like trying to stitch her up and really getting in there and tying off the vein, I honestly thought that Misty was going to lose her arm, and I got I got a little excited over that. Right, because you know in the comics. She has a bionic arm. She has a bionic arm. Yeah. So I was and thinking. And they even allude to it like several times. Like, you know, if this was any tighter, you would have lost your arm. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You knew every one of us was watching that, waiting for that to happen. Even I would have, even if the, the show would have ended with her just missing an arm. Like, I get it. You're not going to give her a bionical arm. They allude to that type of technology there, right? Because the bullets, the bullet piercing ones are alien from the Avengers yeah. reference. Yep. So you know they have like various technology. It would not have been far fetched to yeah. say, oh, she has a bionic arm. Again, an- another another friggin' home run from the uh, Marvel Netflix crew, man. Yes. 
So check this out, right? So so we've all we've all talked about like how what an amazing job the MCU has been doing with bringing B-listers and C-listers to the A-list like Iron Man and Ant-Man and the Guardians, bro. You know, some some relatively unknown yeah. uh, characters, right, right? Are now mainstream. This is what 2017 is bringing us. Follow me here, right? We're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Amen. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Iron Fist, The Defenders, and The Punisher. Cannot wait, cannot wait, cannot wait. (laughs) Dude! (laughs) Right? It is a good, good time to be a comic book fan. It really is. Like you said, they were they're obscure characters. I mean, Power Man and Iron Fist ran as a comic, you know, in the '80s for like 125 issues or something like that. The team of the Guardians of the Galaxy that we see in the movie ran for 25 issues in a comic by Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning. Everybody knows who the Guardians of the Galaxy is. Yeah, and then Ant Man. Who would have thought <laughs> Ant Man would be Ant-Man. such an incredible movie? And now, like, everyone knows Ant-Man. Everyone knows who Scott Lang Ant-Man is. Even names like, okay, like The Punisher, right? We've had a, a, a few Punisher movies. What Netflix has done with The Punisher, I have female cousins that are 10 years younger than me that are like, dude, The Punisher rocks. I can't wait for The Punisher series to come out. And then and then you go down the line, and of course, Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, right? We still got those characters. It's, it's amazing, dude. It's cool. So that kind of wraps up our trailers and TV show. So Thomas and I have been eluding to doing this list, <laughs> this podcast, this review, I think since we started the podcast. Yeah, like it was like one of the first years ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you want to kind of explain what what we're, uh, what this little segment is called here? Uh, what did we call it? <laughs> The X-Men character review. 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 We need a better name than that. The Extreme X-Men review. Get throw Extreme in there. How about the X-List? My uh, Tom and Michael's X-List. Well, then it's going to sound like we're talking about girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Tom and Michael's favorite X's. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. We're, this is a long, long list, guys, and we'll save you. Yeah, we'll, we'll break this down in a, in a bite-sized morsels because we honestly have about 93 uh, characters, and we could easily add a ton more. Um, but we'll do this. Let's let's hit the first uh, 10. What we're going to do is we're going to kind of go in through the different X teams, right? Beginning with the original 1963 X-Men. And basically, they're sorted by order how they would chronologically have joined the X-Men is how we did it. There you go. Thank you. So let's go ahead and start with the um, original X-Men. And let me just run down the names real quick of the original X-Men so everyone listening can kind of follow along, right? So... Of course, Professor X, he is the, the the leader and the mentor of the team. Cyclops, Iceman, Angel slash Archangel, Beast, Marvel Girl slash Phoenix, Mimic, ugh, Changeling, <laughs> ugh, uh, uh, Magnetrix slash yeah. Polaris, and and Havoc. And you're if you're wondering, well, you know, I remember that 1963 X-Men 1 comic, and I don't remember Polaris or Changeling or Mimic. These are all <laughs> people who joined the X-Men at some point before a new team of X-Men was created is basically how we did it. And we've graded these characters by their costumes, their powers, and then we've given them sort of an overall score. Just to explain the ranking, what we did is we took how many ever X-Men we have in this list, like 90 or so, and we gave, based on that, for each category for the costume, powers, and overall, we're allowed to give 10 X-Men a score of 10, 9 X-Men a a score of 9, 8 X-Men, a score of 8, and work its way down. And then basically when you get to 1, that's all the 1 points that you can give out. So only 10 X-Men were allowed to have a score of 10 in the costume department, and then in the powers. and then the. So that's going to kind of explain how we scored it. Like why someone we gave someone a low score, it's probably because we gave another X-Men somewhere down the list a higher score. Start with uh, Professor X. With Professor Charles Xavier. Ah, So for him, I gave him a costume of 1. He he kind of strolled around in a green shirt and a wheelchair, right? So there's not a lot to this dude's costume. Yeah. Powers, I gave him a seven because he's one of the most powerful telepaths in in the world. Overall, I gave him a score of four. He's you know he's got great powers, but not such a great costume. He did have a costume briefly where he uh, was able to walk. It was like a, a pure yellow costume with a big black X on it. 
I don't know if you remember that. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, for costume, I gave him a one. I mean, the only cool costume or the only cool look that he had, or my favorite look, was the 90s uh, levitating yellow wheelchair. It wasn't a wheelchair. Yellow uh, levitating yeah. seat, right? The yeah. Shi'ar kind of uh, hovering seat that he had. That, that was, that's that been like, you know, his, his coolest sort of look, um, in my opinion, anyways. The the powers, I, I gave him an eight. Um, he, he Dude's pretty pretty powerful. Right. Um, and I do, I did like when they, people, ex, you know, writers would explore his power, right? I remember there's one uh, issue in particular where it's sort of him at the bank and uh, a robbery takes place and he scans the crowd and finds a woman who, who is obviously scared, right? He, they're, they're sort of, they're, the robbers are sticking up the place and he's telepathically speaking to her and he's saying, hey, don't be alarmed. I'm a mutant. Uh, you're going to get us out of this and the woman's like how and professor x is like look i noticed that you have some training some some martial arts training and she says yeah but i only got like a yellow belt and karate back and she and, and professor x is like da, 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 just shut up look <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and explode your full potential of whatever little training you got and he does this and he talks to her through it and convinces her and she totally beats down these uh robbers and she's <laughs> like holy how did I do that? And Professor X kind of gives his little wink and a nod and says, "Now nah, you did it. You had it in you and kind of drives off. So he, he does have it. And then there's the whole astral plane, um, you know, the fighting on uh, the astral plane, fighting and the stories and the astral plane action. But for me, I like him in small doses. He sent off so many teenagers to their deaths. <laughs> uh, he's, he's abandoned the X-Men a bunch of times. Next, we have the field leader of the X-Men, Cyclops. Oh, man. The original Peter Quill here for me. There you go. Do you want to talk about him first? Um, yeah, he is one of my perfect score characters. And his, my favorite costume of his is the Age of Apocalypse Cyclops, that, that version of Scott Summers. I agree. I agree. I thought your favorite version was, was the 90s one. It was a toss-up. It was a toss-up. And I've, I've had, even when we when I played the, um, the RPG, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the MMO. I'm sorry. The MMO. The, that one. I, I, I forget the title of it. I'm sorry. But I went to go buy his costume. He's one of the few characters who were actually paid for a costume. Like I forked up the the four to five dollars for the costume. And as I was going to buy the 90s version, I got kind of stuck between the uh, Age of Apocalypse and 90s. And Age of Apocalypse just looks so cool, man. And just the fact that he has like one eye gouged I, out. Yes. He's got the long hair covering the other eye. He just looks metal. Just yep. awesome. <laughs> See? So he was your perfect. He was one of your perfects. He got a perfect score of 10, 10, 10, right? Yeah, totally. So for me, for costume, I gave him an eight. Because I've actually liked pretty much every version except for his very, very first costume. Mm -hmm. I've pretty much liked every version of Cyclops' costume. Even the one that was just pretty much like the dark blue with the yellow. Yeah, that was that was dope. That was perfect. Yeah. Even the dark blue with the, uh, with the white cross. Like that, yeah. that's awesome yeah so i gave him an eight for costume for powers i gave him nine like when i was a kid i remember because i read x-men so much i used to fantasize about being able to shoot optic blasts out of my eyes yeah so i always thought that was like such a cool power and then so for overall i gave him a nine so he got pretty close to a high uh perfect score and he ended up with 26 out of 30 for me not bad yeah no i love i love i love cyclops and i i always felt like he kind of got I mean, in, like you're right. In the '90s cartoon, he was kind of portrayed as like the um, the stuck up, uh, not stuck up, the kind of a square Boy Scout, almost a fatherly figure a little bit. If you're not counting the professor, uh, really dry, right? They, yeah. That's what they've always kind of portrayed him as. And I didn't. I mean, I sort of got that from the from the comic, but not to that, not that exaggerated. He was definitely the you know the a Boy Scout, but yeah. he was. He was a dude trying to hold it together. I mean, he has all these crazy personalities, and he has dudes that he's dealing on his team, like you know Bobby Drake, who's a, a total clown, and Wolverine, who's a total wild card, <laughs> and Beast, who's like super snobby, and then you got all these other characters that are just like super all over the place, and then you have this dude that's just like cool, yeah, cool, straight face. He's got it. He's yeah, he's got it under control. When he's in the field, he's gonna be he's gonna be giving orders, and he, all these all these crazy personalities 
need him on the field, right? Yeah. They, they want him. So I, I like Cyclops. I think he's badass. Cool. One of my favorite characters. Very, very cool. Do cool. you want to introduce the next one? Next up, we got, speaking of Bobby Drake, we got Bobby <laughs> Drake, the Iceman. So what scores did you give Bobby? Unfortunately, despite his power, I didn't think he was all that cool. <laughs> what I did there. <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> so for his costume, uh, like originally he looked like a snowman. He was actually look, yeah. he, he actually looked like he was made out of snow. They fixed that and actually made him look like he was made out of ice, which I thought was a cooler look. <laughs> but overall, I still gave him a score of three. His powers, I gave him a score of two. And overall, eh, a score of two. For a total score of seven. <laughs> Whoa! No way! <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, let's let's back this thing up. All right, for his costume, mm-hmm. I gave him an eight. Eight. An eight, because when he is like full on ice cube, to me that that is an iconic look. It is. I, I don't know what it is for me, but and then uh, you know they sort of evolved him to have like. You know he can he can grow spikes. He can turn into this like ice monster. I I thought that was pretty cool. I I really liked his uh, his his look. Right. So in 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 the case of of Iceman, it's less of a costume and more of a look. And that's kind of how I took it. Right. Because cool. otherwise he doesn't really wear a costume. He's just kind of in his he has one, his speedos <laughs> or his speedo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> For powers, I gave him an eight. Eight. Wow. I You know why? Because his ice slide is legit. You know what? I'll give it to you. The ice slide is awesome. And <laughs> I, I remember that mostly from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where yeah. I remember it. I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. Because Spider-Man would just hang on and then slide behind him. And slide with him, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, too, is like artists in the, in the books get really creative with this ice slide. When you see Bobby Drake ice sliding, there's always like loop-de-loops and twists yes. and turns and it's like wow dude is he really that it's like so inefficient or maybe he's just having fun where he's like doing like triple loop-de-loops you know what i mean like <laughs> all right bobby drake that's cool and, and obviously he's just leaving like these giant like pillars of ice, ice. everywhere goes. yeah but still super iconic i mean when i when i look back at the x-men i can see archangel flying iceman uh, or archangel <laughs> showing iceman with his eye slide like uh beast and wolverine like lunging like this 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 is the explosive team that you know that comes to mind and 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 Iceman is definitely a part of that. Overall I gave him a nine for a total score of twenty-five. Very different than my score. <laughs> yeah. The only problem I have with Iceman is that they he's one, another one of those characters that's been around for so long, yet they always seem to have trouble with the Bobby Drake character, right? His personality is is a little uh vague. He's always been sort of like the, the younger brother of the team. He's a little bit childish. No one really takes him serious. So it's always nice to get a Bobby Drake story that's like, that has some meaning behind it, that has a little bit of depth. It's cool, but those are very few and far between. I agree. I feel like uh, sometime after the original X Factor, when they left that team, I feel like they kind of lost who Bobby Drake was. A little bit, right? I felt like he just got lost into the shuffle of all the other X Men. All right. So next we have Angel slash Archangel. So he scored really high with me with his costume yeah i even liked his original costume both the red and the white version yeah. with a little halo in it i like that but when they made him archangel dude metal Love wings it. that tossed the blades gave him yeah. a score of nine on his costume for his powers who doesn't want to fly and then if someone pisses you off who doesn't want to throw like metal blades at him gave him a, a score of nine for his powers and then overall i uh, gave him a score of seven now he almost scored really high for so it was a total of uh, i believe 25 for him okay favorite costume is the archangel costume right yeah definitely i like his original costume because that's what i grew up with and he was in the defenders and the new defenders and that's that's to me that's where i really got to know angel the most right so even though he'd been in the x-men so much uh, back in the day in new defenders they did so much with warren like everything revolved around him he was responsible for their base because he had this house yeah he bankrolled the team basically yeah. right and they had a lot of dynamic with him and um candy southern i believe her last name was she was in it a lot so you got a lot of interaction between him and her and him and the rest of the team that's when i got to know angel the most so i kind of liked that classic costume he had yeah angel, angel with the x-men kind of uh, fell victim to the same problems that bobby drake did with the x-men where he had this really cool looking character 
character with very little depth. Originally, he was like this sort of rich playboy. playboy. Yeah, and and that that was kind of it. I gave uh, Angel a ten for the costume, and I'm going off of Archangel. I think Angel himself with the wings has had some very cool looks. Like he's there are very few looks that he's rocked that I didn't like. Right. If any, again, '90s kid, '90s X-Men kid, Archangel <laughs> just like what uh, powers? I gave him a nine again. Archangel, like you said, throws the blades as the angel himself. He's not really like super. He doesn't really have super strength, super speed. He just has wings. No, I was gonna say they eventually gave him where like his blood can heal people. Eh. Yeah, they've they've <laughs> done like second and third evolutions, and it's like stop. Yeah, yeah, and then with Bobby Drake too. He's like he's like an Omega level mutant, and all right, like I, I get like okay, he can pull moisture out of the air. Like that's cool. Like I that, that that's a nice little sort of uh, you know layer to his powers. Overall, I give uh, Archangel a 29. And again, this is to me one of the iconic X-Men. Next we have, it is the fascinating Beast. Beast? Uh, not one of my favorite characters. Agreed. Yeah, I gave him, uh, as far as costumes go, I gave him a 6. And again, that 6 is the, it's the 90s Beast, right? All the other evolutions of Beast have just, they need to stop. The Beast character to uh, some sort of a cat and then he had a third evolution where he was like an ape beast as far as powers go I gave him a seven. My favorite beast was probably the the ultimate X Men version of the beast, okay. which they killed like in, <laughs> in issue seven. For me, you were actually much nicer than I was. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think I gave him too many points. Yeah, for me, for his costume, I liked I liked his classic blue fur costume. To me, that's always been beast. So for costume, I gave him a six because I did like the blue fur, the classic one. For his powers, I gave him a one, and then for overall, I gave him a four. So for a total of 11 points. <laughs> I, I wish I would have given... Now I want to redo my, my page. <laughs> Alright, so... Wow. I don't know what's wrong with me because now I'm looking at my score for Marvel Girl and Phoenix. I have no idea where I was going with this. You want to redo it too? You yeah. Just scrap this and just <laughs> later? So for some reason, for Marvel Girl slash Phoenix, I gave her costume a 6. What? That, I don't know why I did that. That should have been a 10 because of her dark Phoenix costume. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite costumes like ever. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know why I did the six. I must not have been thinking clearly. I gave her a nine just for that dark Phoenix costume. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm kind of stupid. <laughs> um, She's rocked a lot of really cool costumes. Yeah, for her powers, I gave her seven. What? I know. I don't. I must. <laughs> Not have been. I swear to God, I must not have been thinking of the Dark Phoenix because I would have given her a ten for the fact that she ate a f-ing planet. I gave her a ten for powers. She's one of the most powerful mutants ever to have existed. And then I don't know what I was doing here either. Like overall, I gave her a five. Marvel Girl Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, Jean Grey is. She's one. She she goes on my like all time team. Like if I'm putting a team together, she's gonna be on the team. Look at this. I found my notes. Marvel Girl slash Phoenix. This is difficult. The entire Dark Phoenix story is one of my all-time favorite X-Men stories. However, everything else they've done since then makes Jean Grey a nightmare. But once she died and came back like six or seven times or however times it was, it became ridiculous. I feel like they ruined the character. And that is the problem with Jean Grey is you can almost set a timer to like or some sort of a countdown to when is she going to die? When is she going to turn into the Phoenix? Yep. And it's like, dude, you guys got to you guys got to break that uh, break that cycle. Stop trying to recapture what happened the first time she died. You know what I mean? It was a yeah. big deal when, you know, the Shire come for her, yeah. or Shi'ar, the Shi'ar, <laughs> the Shi'ar come for her, and the Imperial Guard go after the X-Men, and they duke it out, and she sacrifices herself. You know, big, big, big deal. A major character has just died, but they've done it now to the point it's ridiculous. Like, when she dies, you're like, whatever. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, you know, the the big hype is that the next movie is going to be set in the 90s, and it's going to be uh, Dark Phoenix. And it's like, well, there we go. We're, we're yeah. going back to the same story. You're going to kill Gene. Yeah. It's going to be original. Okay. So next we have Mimic. See, this is where you and I were very different. <laughs> Costume one, powers one, overall one, for a total of three. <laughs> After that, we have Changeling. <laughs> hey, let me talk about Mimic here. Let, let me talk about how cool this dude is, okay? Oh, man. Do you remember Mimic? No. I actually liked that he had all these powers welled up in him, and he couldn't really control them all that well. So weird that I scored his costume higher than Jean Grey. <laughs> Jean Grey's really 
<laughs> I gave a seven for his costume. I actually thought it was kind of cool. The big M on his chest. It's, yeah. Whatever. It's no different than the big X that the X-Men used to have or X-Factor. The big M that Magneto had on his chest. But this yeah. is like the dude, like, when you're like uh, seven years old and you're creating your own character and you're like, yeah, dude, I'll give him like Cyclops' visors and Wolverine's claws and Angel's wings and, and Nightcrawler's tail and Beast's feet. That was his power that he absorbed people's mutant powers around him. Yeah, within range, right? Yeah. And yeah. what's cool is one of the stories in X-Force, the X-Force team goes after him to hunt him down. He gets within range of Warpath and was like, you don't even know your full potential. You don't even know everything you can do. So it was kind of cool that they used him to elude that Warpath has all this untapped potential. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. So he ended up with a four for a score of 21 compared to your three. Whatever. Next is Changeling. Changeling? <laughs> I see you gave him one, one, one. <laughs> Do you want to talk about him? One, three. No. <laughs> I said, man, I don't like Morph. <laughs> I don't like Changeling. So Changeling was basically... So in the X-Men, to explain it. So I gave his costume a six. I thought it was kind of funky looking, but powers were a one and overall was a one. So he got a score of eight for me. But he was basically a dude to basically explain, because they had killed quote-unquote killed Professor Xavier. And so Changeling was basically made to say, oh, you know what? Actually, they did not kill Professor Xavier. Professor Xavier had this mutant who could shapeshift to take his place. And so who they had actually killed is actually Changeling. He was Morph. What do you mean he was Morph? Changeling was Morph. That's who they used. Because he was actually uh, in the Exiles. I'm looking at his picture and it's like a, this white dude with purple cape, right? Yeah, but that's not what Changeling wore. Changeling wore this like weird, funky, alien-looking helmet like it had all these little like little things that stick out and it was a purple costume he was like super skinny with a white face right no he had a regular face like human regular human face uh, then I'm, okay then I'm Morph was used in Exiles yes but that's different than changing two different people oh okay 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 forgive me they both suck <laughs> He didn't like you. <laughs> no, I didn't like him. So next we move down to Polaris. Yes. Greenheads. Hot. Hot. It's, I agree. <laughs> it's really weird. I have such weird fetishes when it comes to comics. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love when they like would put some shades on her and like her big flowing green hair. Green hair. It's just yeah. like, oh, this chick's awesome. What yeah. is this? Why is her hair green? Part of her mutation. For costume, I gave her a seven. I, I liked her X-Factor costume, the 90s X-Factor costume. Right. I was just right. kind of like where I really really got to know Polaris and, you know, Havoc as a couple. And I liked that costume. For her powers, I gave her a one for originality. Because uh, Magneto first. She's just a female version of Magneto. Her powers were anyways. For me, I gave her a uh, score of six on her costume. I liked her original costume, the green and black one that she first yep. appeared in. Uh, for powers, I gave her a nine because I thought she's pretty powerful. It's a cool power to have. Overall, I gave her a nine. So I, I really like Polaris. I've always liked her character in the X-Men and especially when she was a part of the X-Factor team. And then the last, but most certainly not, not least, least yeah. is uh, Havoc. Havoc is my second perfect score on the list and also a Summers brother. Ironically, he scored a perfect with me. He actually got a 30 from both of us for a total of 60. So he actually scored one of the highest. <laughs> Rightfully so, man. And my, okay, my favorite costume is his classic black costume with the uh, weird headpiece. He has some of the coolest uh, looks yeah. and action, action. like his powers and his costume and the way he's drawn and when he's like walking around and he's got the circles emanating from his fists and he's shooting the, the, the cones from his chest. They score, they hit a home run with Havoc. I agree. And I perfect agree. name too. Perfect name, Havoc. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. I've always kind of uh, related to this guy who wants to be Cyclops, wants to be that dude that's respected, but just isn't there among his peers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought he shined when as the leader of X-Factor. Yes, that's what I loved. Like, he got that opportunity as to well. be that leader. Yeah, the poor dude was in a very similar situation as Scott, right? Like, he finally gets himself into the situation where he's like, okay, I'm leading my own team. And he again, he has this ragtag group of mostly comprised of idiots right like right. multiple man and, and strong guy and all these egos and just weirdos and he's trying to keep it together and while Cyclops always seems to be like cool level headed uh, Havoc a lot of times is like he's trying to maintain that cool level head but at the same time you can kind of feel that he's teetering on being like overwhelmed I agree and I liked because in that X Factor run they, they actually had a shrink that they would go talk to yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was great because you're not just seeing him fight 
fighting and you know doing all this cool stuff in the battlefield but you're getting their in-depth thought of like this is what i think of where i'm at this is what i think of my team it was awesome dude great book great team great character one one of my favorites agreed definitely one of my favorites that's our list that's our first 10 uh the original x-men 1963 through 1970 we'll continue um going down the list keep going on and on and hopefully we'll eventually complete the uh you know the entire list before the x-men are completely phased out of marvel comic continuity <laughs> you have anything else to add to the uh the x-men uh list of x's not at all this is all the x's i wanted to talk about <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us and thank you everyone for listening we really appreciate it and until next time you guys have a great I don't know what a great day, great night. How do you? How do we sign off of this thing? Uh, you know, it depends on what time they're listening to it. So have a great whatever you're doing right now. Just enjoy whatever. yourself. Enjoy your day and night, evening. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, whatever the you, the position of the planet is uh, in in accordance to the sun <laughs> at the time that you're listening to this. Enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> Where can folks find us, dude? Real quick. Oh, you can go to www.comicreliefpodcast.com. On there, uh, there's a couple of articles that we've talked about, some of the stuff. The Guardians of the Galaxy trailer is there. The Logan trailer is there. And other articles are there. So you can go to www.comicreliefpodcast.com. Or you can go to youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. Or you can go to twitter.com forward slash comicreliefpod and then the letter C. Or instagram.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast letter C. It was great talking to you. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine Marvel. And DC. And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or go to our YouTube channel www.youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. And finally, there is our Twitter page, which is twitter.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. P-O-D-C. I'd like to give a special shout out to Travis Richards, who did the music for the Comic Relief Podcast. Visit his website at www.travisarichards.com. Or something like that. Whatever. I already forgot the order. A guardian, Logan, <laughs> uh, Luke Cage, X-Men. You, do you want me to text it to you? Yes. <laughs> Amy will be back. Tell her to hurry. Michael says hurry. <laughs> <laughs> you actually sent me the text. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs>